the 2020 AJC Peachtree Road Race. The Peachtree has been quite a challenge in 2020, but for all of us here at Atlanta Track Club, it is a labor of love, so we are finding a way. It's been a long wait, but it's finally here. Being able to run is one of the only normal things that we can do. Get ready for a Peachtree experience like no other. I think the app that Atlanta Track Club is putting together with the sounds of Peachtree is going to be phenomenal. You're listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks for joining us for another week of the Peachtree Podcast, getting you ready for this year's virtual AJC Peachtree Road Race here with Jay Holder. I'm Jennifer Perry. And we're going to have some fun today because I look for positivity in a year like this one. And we have a special guest who's going to bring that for us this week, Jay. We love talking to her every year, every year possible here on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, Alephine Tulimuk is just one of the most effervescent people that I know. She is constantly positive, constantly full of, of smiles and, and cheery outlooks on things. Uh, I couldn't have been happier when she won Peachtree in 2017 and then went to see her coming down that stretch on Andrew Young Boulevard at the end of the trials this year was just an incredible thing to see. And uh, yeah, she hasn't changed a bit since she was an up and coming elite professional runner to, to the runner she is now, the best in the country. And it was kind of cool last week to see her. She was one of the very first I saw post on social media that she received her Peachtree t-shirt for this year. And it looks a little big for her. I'm not going to lie, Jay. Yeah, and I and I got into her Instagram comments and, and commented on that. I actually, we hadn't sent out her size yet, but I wanted to get her one because uh-huh. I wanted her to post it. So I just grabbed one and <laughs> to Alephine. But I'm going to send her her real one here okay. in a couple of days. I just... Just grab what I could find. So <laughs> Yes, and she deserves it. I mean, as a past champion herself, uh, I love seeing everyone on social media over this past week showing as they get their T-shirts in the mail. is kind of cool. I mean, again, different, but kind of cool this year to see that. And again, she's challenging a lot of elite runners to do this race with her. Have you had many take her up on that challenge yet? We've seen a number of runners from the trials reach out and, and say they wanted to take part. And that's been a really great thing to see. And one of the reasons that they say they want to run the peach trees because they had such a great experience here at the Olympic trials in, in February and they want to do any race that Atlanta track club puts on. So that's been really kind of heartwarming for all of us here. Molly Seidel though is also running. So we're really excited about that. I know we're going to have her here on the podcast in a couple of weeks, but she was second to Alephine in the trials and uh, she just ran 225 at the London marathon a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Um, and she's going to go for a fast virtual 10 K time. So we're seeing them start to line up. Um, it's not going to be the 50th running of the peach tree where we were trying to break world records <laughs> uh, or event records. But I, I do think we'll have some Olympic caliber athletes in the field. Well, and what's cool about today's show, Jay, is that for those of us who will never, ever be that fast, uh, it's actually kind of nice to hear from Alephine and how she approaches just average runners, and she offers advice and kind of goes through the same struggles that we tend to go through. She's so incredibly relatable. I mean, I, I think that, you know, if you're having a conversation with Alephine about running, if you didn't know who she was, and that's hard now considering that she's so accomplished and, and everywhere, if you didn't know who she was, you would think she was just your your average runner like us. Um, but because she runs, she has the same motivational struggles. She doesn't want to go for a run sometimes doesn't feel great during her run sometimes, but also gets that runner's high that you can only get from going out and run at other times. So she really gets it at the same level that we all do, the way we experience running. She's going to share another passion of hers with us a little bit later today. And this is something that you might be able to take advantage of before 
Thanksgiving weekend. So stay tuned for that right here on the Peachtree Podcast. The Peachtree Podcast is brought to you by Delta. The Delta Care Standard puts your safety first with enhanced cleaning practices and more room on board by blocking middle seats through January 6th, 2021. Jay, we want to welcome into the Peachtree Podcast an Atlanta favorite here who's had a huge 2020. And Alephine Tulliam joins us now. She's the 2017 AJC Peachtree Road Race Champion and the winner of the 2020 U.S. Olympic Team Trials Marathon. Usually, you win a big race, and then somebody comes along and wins another big race, and then we start talking about that person, another big race, and so on and so forth. There have been no other big races, so you're like the defending champion of everything. That's true, yeah. I mean, it's been an interesting year for sure. Like People still remember February 29th just because there hasn't been anything else. There have been a couple of races in Europe, but I guess not as big as trials, and so it's been a... It's been interesting. It's been fun. People still uh, get excited when I tell them about February 29, which they should. But I think that if we had had other things going on, you know, like people would have moved on already. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm still like, I'm still enjoying being kind of like a celebrity. I would say definitely like a celebrity. Has it worn off at all? Or does, I mean, how long ago does the trials feel to you? Does it feel like yesterday or does it feel like it was eight months ago? Oh my God. It feels like it was centuries ago <laughs> I, I think that things changed so fast and so when I think about uh, February 29 it doesn't even feel like I don't know it feels like such a long time ago for sure when I reached out to your agent Howie Kafleski to say listen we'd love for Alephine to, to, to help us out with Peachtree to come back to, to run Peachtree I barely got the words out of my mouth before he was like no we're in <laughs> uh, you won this race in 2017 you were second in, in 2018 why did you want to come back? I mean, I think Atlanta has done really well for me. Atlanta's been that place where I've had a lot of success. Yeah, 2018, I was second place. I wasn't very happy with that. But I definitely came back in 2020 and got that win again. And it was even a better win than the 2017. And so I um, I remember in 2017 when I went to I had a lot of fun. There were so many people dressed in costumes. And I was the first one to cross the line, you know, like, among the 50,000 other people who were racing, the course was pretty challenging, but it was also fun to race in it. And then being able to celebrate with everybody else after it felt really good. And I think, you know, like you've been, uh, you've had a soft spot for me in your heart, I would say. And um, so it's just like Atlanta has done so much for me and I definitely wouldn't hesitate or even my agent knows that, that I love Atlanta. And if there's an opportunity to do something in Atlanta, we'll definitely do it if we can do it. And again, you know, like, I think going to the United um, game, the soccer game in 2017, that was like, that was amazing. I think that might have actually been my first ever soccer game that I went to, and I just had a lot of fun. For those of you who don't know, after (laughs) Alfie won the Peachtree in 2017, Atlanta United invited her to the old place they used to play at Bobby Dodd Stadium on the Georgia Tech campus to hammer the spike, which is how Atlanta United starts off all their games. And it's a huge honor to, to hammer the spike. And uh, and you hammered it with, with some fierceness. It was not like you would run a hard 10K in the morning. You hammered that thing and the crowd went wild. It was really amazing to see. It was amazing for me, for sure. Like I had a lot of fun and I felt like a celebrity. 
Well, you are a and celebrity so, among runners. I, I was telling Jay last week here on the podcast, Elevine, that even after your February win, I mean, most of us would be exhausted after the effort that you put in in the trials yourself. But then you woke up early the next morning to help cheer us on at our own starting line. I mean, that's dedication. But I think uh, your love of running, it really kind of trickles down to the rest of us, too. We may never be as fast as you, Alephine, but your motivation really helps us along the way. And I, I think Atlanta just truly loves you. Let's just say that I actually didn't sleep the night uh, after the race. So when I came to cheer all of you guys the next day, I hadn't slept now, like, Around 5 a.m. when I got up to take a shower, because like you know the whole day after the winning the race was just a whirlwind, and then I go back to my hotel and try to decompress, and then all of a sudden I'm like, that actually happened. Like wait, that is not a dream. And so there were so many reflections that I was doing, and before I knew it, it was 5 a.m. But then that was also the time that I started getting sleepy, <laughs> and so I had to have a lot of coffee. We didn't kick in for a while, but. You know, I love running. I love being able to motivate other people. It's my job, but it's also something that I'm very passionate about. And I've always, you know, wanted to use running and my platform to inspire other people. And having won the trials the day before, I mean, there was no better opportunity for me to go inspire other people that were on the start line to run the amazing marathons or half marathon in that really tough course. So it was an honor for me to do that. You talk about tough courses, and I have to ask this question that actually just popped into my head when you were when you were saying that. Is Peachtree a tougher 10K course amongst 10Ks, or are, is the trials course a tougher marathon course amongst marathons? Oh, that's hard. The trials course was probably one of the toughest courses that, I mean, I've only ran, that was my sixth marathon, but so far I think that was the toughest. And speaking to people who've done a lot of marathons, honestly, I think that might be like the toughest course of any competitive marathons in the world. So yeah, it's the marathon course for sure. What do you think that says about the team that it's selected to go to Tokyo in 2021? I think it's a very strong team, you know, a team that is ready uh, to go and have an amazing day in Tokyo. Um, it doesn't matter what obstacles we get there. I think the course in Tokyo is going to be uh, flat, but then it's also going to be hard. And I feel like if you are able to conquer Atlanta with the hills and the wind, you know, like you should be able to handle the heat as long as you hit train. So I feel like we have a really strong team, a team that can show up when, you know, the conditions are not perfect. A lot of us now, we're training for Peachtree and it's tougher to get motivated to run a race on our own. It's tougher to go out there when there's not a start line that we're going to stand on with thousands of other people. How do you keep motivated every day training during a time where there's not really a big race coming up, but you know, you always have to stay in shape that um, I love racing and yes, sometimes it's been hard for me to uh, train hard because there's no race to train for but then on the other hand though, being able to run, being healthy is it's a privilege for me and I've been injured a few times, you know and so I know that when I'm healthy I want to take advantage of that and just the feeling of going out for a run and coming home, you feel good, you feel rejuvenated, I just, I really love that feeling. And, you know, like coming home and being able to share your workout and inspire somebody else who probably didn't feel like running that day and that will run that person you probably post on social media saying that you inspire them. I think that's something that really inspires me to continue running. But I think that you really do have to uh, motivate yourself in so many different ways. You know, you have to figure out ways to be accountable, like be it like talking to friends and me, maybe even like asking friends, you know, to tell you, what their workout was and how it went, or even like something where like 
every day before you go for your run, you know, you text your friend, you say, hey, I'm going out for a run, you better go get yours, you know, like find ways to stay motivated and stay accountable because I think that a lot of people uh, enjoy training in groups, but with COVID-19, we can't really do that much, but I feel like we also have other opportunities such as, you know, using, you know, the technology that we have. And I know that a few times, you know, I will stay in touch with my friends and be like, hey, I'm going out for a run. Or I come home and be like, I just did my run and they'll be so inspired and they'll go out run. And so I feel like that also motivates me. Like, for example, when I was getting out to go run really early, I'm like, I can't wait to be done with my run so I can come share with my friends so they can also motivated and go out and run. I love that because it does help when we see your social media posts and uh, it kind of reminds us, okay, we've got to get back out there. But since we're training closer to home and maybe running some of the same routes and not able to go to the gyms as much over these last several months, I mean, what have you done to kind of shake up your training that maybe the rest of us can also adapt? Because it, it does start to feel the same after a while, especially after these long last several months. Oh my gosh, I actually didn't do much. I think I came back once everything else shut down and uh, the gyms were shut down. I did, like, for example, I didn't do my strength training and I ended up uh, injuring my back. Mm. And so I had to take like two and a half weeks off. And during that time, I was like, I gotta get in some sort of strength training. So that kind of kicked my butt to like start my strength training again. But what I have done in as far as running is concerned is, you know, like, I have tried, especially earlier in the summer, to run really early in the morning because if I can get out and run before the sun comes out, it's cool. Then that really motivates me like to continue running. And then I come home and I have the rest of the day to myself. Some of the other things that I've done is like, even though I'm running by myself, you know, like I try to go to different places and run like, you know, like different roads that I haven't been in. And I actually spend most of my time in New Mexico instead of Arizona. And so it was kind of exciting to go back to the roads that I used to run before that I had missed running in it the last couple of years when I was in Arizona. So I think those are some of the things that kind of helped me, like going to different places or like I did a lot of destination runs where, um, you know, like say if I was going to get something and uh, like if I was going to do groceries and with my partner, I'd be like, hey, let's go do groceries and then drop me off and I'll run home because then I know that I don't have a choice. I have to run. Sometimes, you know, like there were times where I just didn't feel like running in the morning and then I would like just be lazy all day. And then in the evening, I'm like, I'm just going to go for like half a mile out and back. And that half a mile ends up being like 10 miles. So I just try to place all sorts of tricks that I can get myself into. And honestly, like another thing that kind of helped me was looking at what other people were doing, you know, because there were other people who probably got out early and went and ran and they said, hey, we have this one today. And then all of a sudden I feel like a lazy bum. I'm like, okay, gotta get out, let's go run. So I just did everything that could motivate me. I love that you share those moments on social media. My favorite posts are when you post about how you really didn't want to go for a run, like you just said, and okay, I'm just gonna go jog a half a mile and it turns into a 10 mile run at some ridiculous pace. Do you find that, that posts like that relate to your fans and people say oh my gosh that was me this morning and I ended up having a great run too yeah absolutely and in fact it's posts like that that people really relate to and they respond to very well because most of us you know at some point uh during the week don't feel like running but then when you see somebody who that is their job running is their job saying that that's exactly how they felt I feel like people then feel like oh well then they're just human like us and If I don't feel like running tomorrow, you know, it's okay, but I can also figure out a way to get out, you know? 
So I, I really like posts like that because I, I think that a lot of times when, uh, you know, like everyday runners is pro athletes, they think we are so different, we are so driven that we will never feel like I don't feel like running. Even when you're tired, you still get motivated. But it's like, no, we are actually like you, like there are days where I don't feel like running. And sometimes I end up not running at all, but sometimes I just play some tricks and eventually my mind kind of gets me out to go run. We've acknowledged, too, here on the podcast, Alephine, that there's a certain level of disappointment with having to do a race like the AJC Peachtree Road Race virtually this year. Obviously, for you, especially after your win back in February, knowing that Tokyo then was going to be delayed. I mean, how do you deal psychologically with some of the disappointment that we've had to go through as runners this year? Yeah, it's definitely hard. I mean, I only did, I think I did a couple of virtual races. Actually, uh, one of them I tried to run faster uh, was a... 5k with New York Road Runners and then the other one I just went easy. Um, it's definitely tough, you know, like to stay motivated knowing that you're going to race by yourself. It's hard. You don't have the adrenaline or, or like even you don't have people around you pushing you. But I think for me, you just have to adjust. You have to go with the flow, you know, like if you choose to sign up for a virtual race, then figure out a way to stay motivated, you know, and, and just go Take the day as it comes. Remember that it might not be perfect because perfect races happens when you have a crowd around you, when you have people pushing you. And so if you go around that race and it doesn't go well, it's okay to adjust your expectation. It's okay to be disappointed, but at the same time, not be too disappointed to not do another race. So this is not the time to PR. This is time to have realistic expectations about, yeah. uh, about what your body is capable of doing with no outside factors. Absolutely. And also, I think it's also an opportunity, honestly, like we all train and we have strategies that we want to implement during a race. But because you go to a race and you end up running with a group that you weren't even supposed to run with and your strategy goes off the window. I feel like right now is the time to implement that strategy. If you want to run a steady pace for your whole race or half of the race, this is a perfect time to do that and see if it works or not. See if you're patient enough or if you're disciplined enough to follow your strategy. I feel like there's an opportunity that comes with this to practice things that we don't always get to practice during normal races. So when you sign up for a virtual race and you and you are getting ready to, to run like you did with the New York Roadrunners race or are doing with Peachtree, how do you pick your course? Do you find the biggest possible downhill you can find so you can go as fast as possible? Or do you look for something a little more challenging? I think it depends on where I am and also like the kind of fitness that I am in because if I really want to simulate a course like Atlanta and then I'm going to have to go to a course where it's kind of downhill and then you finish with an uphill. But then on the other hand, like it's like results or like time or PRing is not something you're going for right now. So it might even be an opportunity to be like, hey, I'm just going to run a flat, you know, 10K instead of being in Atlanta running, you know, that downhill and then super uphill, it'd be like, I'm going to go run in a really easy course. I'm going to run on the grass. You know, I think that you have to figure out what sounds fun because at the end of the day, you want it to be fun. And so I think for me, I just figure like, okay, what would be fun? What would be challenging? What would be exciting? And then that's how I pick my course. Uh, I think you bring up a good point. Like this is an opportunity to have fun with running. As you've said, this is your job. And so everybody's job is, you know, even if you love your job, there are good days and there are bad days, but this is a chance to sort of reset, especially for people who were running is not their job. And remember why we do this in the first place. And it's not always to PR, it's just to feel good and to enjoy the moment. And I think that that's 
one silver lining of all these virtual races that we're having. Absolutely, yeah. And also, I think the beauty of like um, virtual running is that you could run with people all over the world. You know, an opportunity that we don't always get to. I really do feel like if we are smart enough about virtual running, we could create an opportunity for people who wouldn't otherwise get to race our race, who wouldn't otherwise get to run in, uh, you know, like Petrie in Atlanta. So this is an opportunity. So I think that in every situation that we have, we need to be able to find a simple lining and there are always opportunities if you really are positive and find them. Have you thought about where you'll be on Thanksgiving weekend and where you plan to try it out? And are you excited about the app? Because uh, it will kind of deliver like the crowd sensation and the things that uh, we're used to along the course, Alephine. Yeah, I am excited, but I think actually I might probably jog it this time. So my whole life, I've never really had a race where I just went and had fun and enjoyed. And so I'm hoping that if, he, if by Thanksgiving we're at a point where like, you know, uh, the virus is not as bad. I would love to recruit a friend, you know, who, you know, him or I and I will run together easier. Maybe even my partner, who is not really much of a runner, be like, hey, let's go run this race together. I promise I won't be too fast for you, but it doesn't always happen that way. But I think it's an opportunity to, like, recruit a running buddy and just have fun with it. When, when you're running fast, like when I do usually, you're worrying about time, you're worrying about winning, you're worrying about your competition. And you don't get to enjoy it as much. So I think that's what I'm going to try to do this year. Speaking about challenging other people, I know in your initial post, you challenged your fellow Team USA members and the next three finishers in the, in the trials. We're really hoping to see all of those runners, the 700 plus runners who took part in the US Olympic team trials on the Peachtree start line. What's been your message to them? I mean, I, I just want them to have fun. You know, like this is an opportunity for all of us to come together and Go back to Atlanta. I wish that we could all go to Atlanta in person, actually, and race. I think that I would get my butt kicked really bad, but I'm glad that's not happening. <laughs> um, I have the opportunity of saying, hey, I, I was running, you know, at like 7,000 feet. So, you know, I'm in a really good shape, but I was just in 7,000 feet. So that doesn't count. But, you know, I think it's just been fun to connect with, you know, some of them. Like I actually went to Maurice Seidel the other day here in Flagstaff and, it was really fun to just chat with her for a little while. Um, I think my message has been that, you know, let's let's go back and support Atlanta. You know, I think all of us that raised the total line on February 29 had an amazing time. I don't think that, at least for me anyway, I have never had a race like that. I've never had a race where spectators were all in. They were just cheering like that was like like their lives depended on it. It was very loud, and I feel like all of the athletes that competed that day felt that energy, that positive energy, and they will definitely love to have an opportunity, even if it's not in person, to like have something, you know, like to um, where like you get to run with other competitors, even if it's back. When you were running alongside those crowds and 200,000 people lined the streets on the trials day, did you feel like a little bit of a hometown advantage? Did you feel like people knew who you were because you had that such a memorable Peace Tree victory here? Not necessarily. I don't think, I think I was so focused on staying present to the task at hand, which is making sure that I wasn't going to get dropped or making sure that I'm not sleeping when the moves were made. But also though, like, I think that even though I didn't like consciously recognized it, but I, I did definitely did have a home advantage because, you know, like I had ran Petrie, you know, a couple of times yet. It may not have been the same course, but I knew how 
how the dilemma is. And also some people recognize still from the last couple of years. And that was fine, you know, like especially like towards the end of the race when it was just Molly and I, like, you know, I could hear more people calling my name and that was a lot of fun. And then after that, you know, like, especially with my business, you know, like people are like, like ordering and writing and I'll say, hey, I'm from Atlanta. It was so much fun to cheer you on that course. And I'm like, oh, that was amazing. You know, like I feel like a lot of people know me in Atlanta, maybe not just from February 29, but from the years before. And that's just a lot of fun. Like I, I'm glad, I'm grateful that I got to have an opportunity like that. Let's talk about the beanies a little bit because beanie business is booming. I know uh, you can't keep up with it. You're crocheting as fast as you can. But here's something exciting. Normally at the AJC Peachtree Road Race, a beanie would be the last thing that you'd want to be part of your race kit. This is on July 4th. But this year on November 26th, it might be a little more appropriate. Can people get them? I know they're a hot item right now. Yeah, yes, they can. I believe I won. Right now, I'm trying to work really, really hard to have a lot of beanies. And I think I'm going to open the shop again on November 15th. So hopefully by the 26th, for people who will order, they can have it and rest, you know, in it. And you know what I would actually love? I would love it if everybody who ran HAC Pick Trip in their beanies took a picture and shared it. I think that would make me really happy because... Honestly, I don't even know how many beanies are out there. I don't know how many people own my beanies. But I would love, if there was a way that I could have everybody wear it and have them in, like, one album, I think that would be incredible. Jay, can you come up with a yeah. hashtag for that for us? I'm thinking now, I'm thinking like, AJC, PRR, Beanie, or Peachtree Beanie. Oh, yes, we will do this. Yeah, we should do a hashtag, you know. And everybody who runs AJC, like, and where's their beanie? Let's have a hashtag. Let's see how many we can get. This is how ideas are born for all of our listeners. This is this is going to happen, and it's born right here on this podcast. We haven't talked about this at all. So, yeah, I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it, too. I think it'll be cool. That means I actually have to get to work and, like, really make a lot of babies. <laughs> I am probably in trouble now. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people first heard about your Etsy shop after your February win. I understand uh, in those weeks after your big Olympic trials win, Alephine, your your fingers must have been numb with all the crocheting. You know, especially immediately when I came back from the trials, um, it was very stressful to try to uh, fulfill those orders because I actually didn't have inventory. And so since people bought it as if it was available, it was pretty hard. And seriously, there were times where I would stay until 3 a.m. and then I would have to get up at 6 a.m. to crochet. And my fingers did get really, you know, like numb. And then once I got done with that, I got a little smarter where like I sold only what I had. Or like I had uh, the processing time be longer that way I had more time to make them. And lately I've been a little uh, lazy. I have sold a lot of hats in the summer, which is interesting to think that people actually buy hats in the summer. But my hats, I think, have been the hardest commodity in the summer, like especially on Etsy. And so I have made a lot in the summer, but I think this last couple of months have kind of uh, slowed down a little bit, of, let's say this last month. And I need to get back to that for sure, because I realize and, and people keep messaging me all the time. But hey, when is the hat going to be available? And this last sale, actually, it literally sold out in less than three hours. Wow. And I am like, oh, I'm in trouble. Like, I really need to figure out how I can produce more. And that kind of leads me to my, my next question for you, because I know that you know, in the running world, you were well-known. You'd had some great performances. We talked about the Peachtree win. I think that the trials was your 10th or 11th U.S. championship. So, you know, you won the U.S. half championships. 
but the trials really took you to the next level from a celebrity standpoint. Can you talk a little bit about how your life has changed since February 29th? I think the biggest change that has happened is more people know me and more people want to hear my story. I have done a lot of interviews and people are not tired yet. People still want me to do interviews. Me on the other hand, maybe I got to point out, I was like, okay, let's chill. Like, let's take a break. You know, I think that is the biggest change because people wanting to hear my story, people wanting me to talk to their, you know, like groups and stuff. But aside from that, honestly, I mean, and my Twitter followers went up quite a bit. Um, I mean, my Twitter and Instagram, yeah, social media, basically. Um, but aside from that, not a whole lot has changed. But yeah, I think the way people see me has definitely changed significantly. And like when I post sometimes, people are just surprised by how human I am. Like, I think sometimes people just think, oh, I mean, she must be like so different. And so when I post and a lot of these people that are new followers see this, they're like, wow, we don't usually see a lot of people sharing, you know, what's happening in their lives and we love what you're doing, you know, and it's nice that we can relate to you. And I mean, I did a lot of things this summer. Like, for example, I had a garden, you know, and I'm crocheting. Like, I'm doing the things that everybody does. And I share, you know, like, my yield, my produce, you know, with my fans. And that has been really cool. And then, you know, somebody will be like, hey, have you tried out this? And then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to try that out maybe next year. It's been really fun to interact with other people that I wouldn't otherwise have interacted with had I not had the win from February 29th. We love that your positive attitude has not changed at all in 2020, Alephine. But any final tips for the runners who are going to take on this virtual race with you? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, like I said earlier, you know, like adjust your expectations. Um, run for the love of running, you know. Um, go let the race be a celebration of what this year has been. It's been a very, like, tough year for a lot of us. But I think that the fact that we have running that we can still do it. It almost feels like being able to run is one of the only normal things that we can do. And I'm so grateful that even though gyms might be closed, you can actually still go outside and run. I think we should celebrate that. And so like what I will tell people is just celebrate what we have. Life can't always be perfect, but we could try to uh, make the best out of what we have. Go create lemonade out of the lemon that we've been given. Let's go celebrate the heck out of you know, like the victory virtual world race this year. And let's have fun. And um, I think a time will come and we'll look back and be like, wow, I can't believe how horrible 2020 was. But you know what? We did a really good job making it better, making it sound less dramatic. I could talk to you for hours, but I feel like that's that's a good way to send people off. Thank you. No, I appreciate the opportunity, you guys. And, um, you know, for everybody who be watching this or listening and, you know, doing the race, I wish them nothing but all the best. And I hope that they will feel a great celebration when they cross the finish line for their virtual race. And I will now share mine too. I'm probably going to be running the slowest I have ever ran a 10K before, but that's okay. You know, if I can do a slow race like that, you can do it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy your race, Alephine. Thank you so much for being part of it again this year virtually. And we look forward to seeing you back here in Atlanta soon. Thank you so much. I can't wait to be back in Atlanta. Cliff Bar & Company is proud to be the official nutrition sponsor of Atlanta Track Club. 
created by athletes for athletes, Cliff Blocks Energy Chews are made for quick, bite-sized energy for racing and training, making them perfect for those moments when you need a little extra something to get by. Cardiac Hill, anyone? Available in 11 delicious flavors, Cliff Blocks are soft and chewable with easy-to-open packaging that makes them the go-to choice for fast energy when you're on the run. Well, Jay, with just a few weeks to go now till the AJC Peachtree Road Race, the virtual version, a lot of us are thinking about the kinds of courses that we're going to plot out. And actually, last weekend, you had a really cool virtual event for runners and members, too, to actually start thinking about that. And I understand you gave away some awards, too, for the virtual prepping for Peachtree 10K. Yeah, we wanted people to get a chance to run on their 10K course before they actually take on their Peachtree race. And we know that running the Peachtree course from Lenox to Piedmont Park is a big ritual for people every year. So this is sort of in replacement of that. And we challenge people to find really unique 10K routes throughout wherever they might be. So we, we gave awards away for the flattest, the most elevation gain, which believe it or not, people actually sought this thing out. Let's ah. find the most hills we can. Ah, the most elevation lost. We gave away a, a prize for the most scenic. The least amount of turns, so people who just did a straight line, that's even fewer turns than the actual Peachtree course. <laughs> best loop, best point to point was someone who ran uh, a number of MARTA stations. So I think she hit four or five MARTA stations over the course of her run, which is really cool. The peachiest, somebody you can see, and you can see photos of all these on our Facebook page. The peachiest, somebody spelled out ATC with their Strava data, which was pretty cool. The most farthest away, we had somebody running in Albuquerque. I know in the actual Peachtree, we have people running all over the world, but our submissions for this, we had somebody running on some beautiful trails in Albuquerque. And then the tiniest, uh, we had a woman that ran a 10K with just laps around a soccer field. So some really interesting ways to get 10K in that we found. And you can find uh, pictures and the, the names of all of our award winners on our Facebook page. Well, we'd love for you to tell us what kind of course you're planning for if you missed last week's virtual event. We'd like to have you as a guest here on the Peachtree Podcast in the next few weeks. Jay, again, we're opening that invitation. We want listeners to be part of this this year. This is part of that whole virtual experience we're going through together. We'd love to hear about their courses and some of the questions they might have about this year's event, too. Absolutely. We we know that there are a lot of questions and this is a new experience for everyone. So shoot us a, uh, your questions at media at atlantatrackclub.org or reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're going to have a special taping of the Peachtree podcast here in a couple of weeks. We'll do it on a Wednesday afternoon once we get some questions from you all. We'll invite you right into the Zoom call to ask us in person and hopefully we'll be able to give you the answers you want need to hear to have that great Peachtree race. Reach out to us this week. Again, just drop us that email or you can find Atlanta Track Club's Facebook page and send us a message there. We'd love to have you involved in the Peachtree Podcast this year. And coming up next week, we're going to focus on both the physical and the mental preparations for this virtual AJC Peachtree Road Race. The mental side, I think we need to get into that a little bit more, Jay, because, I mean, it's been tough on us all mentally here in 2020. But we have a lot to look forward to. And there's some interesting ways that we can, again, try to make this as real as possible for ourselves, even though we're all doing this spread out this year. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really challenging to run hard on your own without that adrenaline rush that's provided by the crowds and the people around you. But we we talked to a mindfulness expert who has come up with some great ways to train your mind to get into that space, to get over the hump of not wanting to get out the door, and then to get over the hump of that 5K mark or that 4K mark, four-mile mark, or wherever it is where you just don't want to push any harder. 
and to really just add some positivity to your, not just your races, but your daily runs. Well, stay tuned for that extra motivation. It's coming up next week, right here on the Peachtree Podcast. You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club. A DYJ Media Production.